Chapter Thirty of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, Africa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Carpenter's Geographical Reader, Africa, by Frank G. Carpenter. Senegambia, Sierra Leone, and Liberia. The Cruise we have left st louis and have travelled by railroad through senegal to dakar a french naval station on cape verde we are now on the western end of the continent and as near our hemisphere as we shall be during our african tour we find ships at dakar bound southward along the coast and take passage we call it bathurst at the mouth of the gambia river in the little colony of gambia belonging to great britain the town has about six thousand inhabitants and among them many people who speak english our steamer stays but a short time and then carries us on south along the coast of portuguese guinea and french guinea to freetown the capital of the british colony of sierra leone the word sierra leone means the mountain of the lion so named it is said from a great hill back of freetown which looks like a lion crouching or ready to spring sierra leone is about as large as maine it is a well-peopled country having numerous tribes who live in villages surrounded by mud walls about eight feet in height the houses are usually circular huts roofed with thatch so made that a part of the roof extends beyond the walls shading a veranda where the people rest in the daytime much of sierra leone is covered with grass and there are many cattle there are also antelopes and other kinds of game freetown has about forty thousand people among whom are many english and germans the city has several newspapers it has broad streets upon which are one-story and two-story buildings of brick and stone roofed with galvanized iron along the shore are great warehouses and factories there are large steamers at the wharves and we learn that the place has a considerable trade sending ivory palm oil gums and other native products to europe and importing cotton goods hardware and american tobacco we call upon the governor of the colony see the black native soldiers directed by british officers go through their exercises and spend some time in the english stores laying in supplies for our journey we visit the market where we buy delicious pineapples oranges and other fruit and pay a porter a few cents to carry them on his head to our ship leaving freetown we steam on to the negro republic of liberia this territory is about five hundred miles long and in some places it stretches inland for two hundred miles it is as large as indiana and is noted for its fertile soil it has a population of more than two million negroes mostly savage tribes who are ruled by chiefs they are much like the other natives we have seen in addition to the savages liberia has about sixty thousand negroes who are more or less civilized they are especially interesting to us for many of them are the descendants of negroes from the united states this republic was founded by citizens of the united states who gave it the name liberia which means the land of the free our people thought that if some of the american negroes were sent back to africa they could found there a republic 
where they would live happily and civilize their neighbors liberia was chosen as the place and a government was planned modeled upon that of the united states this is the government of liberia today the country has a president and congress at monrovia the capital and the civilized negroes are governed by them the officials are elected by the people but only negroes are allowed to vote our ship calls at monrovia and we have time to visit the president and see the congress in session we learn that the experiment has not been a very great success monrovia has but five thousand inhabitants and the civilized negroes have only a few villages along the coast they have small plantations of coffee but there are no large farms and the territory governed as a republic is comparatively small liberia is the home of the crews or crewmen who are famous as sailors they are to be found on all the ships along the western coast they manage many of the boats at the ports and they may be seen everywhere loading and unloading vessels they are fine-looking black men strong and muscular we have some on board and gangs are at the wharves at each stop of the steamer every crew has a broad blue streak extending from his forehead to the end of his nose we are told this is a tribal mark put there by his mother in infancy and that it is intended as a pledge that its owner will die before he will submit to slavery very few of the crews ever become slaves they are industrious and thrifty some of them speak english and we enjoy talking to those who are on the steamer each part of the shore along which we are now traveling once had its own name off liberia was the pepper coast or grain coast farther on bordering the french possessions was the ivory coast off ashanti was the gold coast and farther still the slave coast the grain coast was so named because there was a kind of pepper or grain which came from there which was used for export the ivory coast furnished many elephants tusks the slave coast was the favorite resort of the slave trader and back of the gold coast much gold has been found we sail from monrovia along the ivory coast to ashanti where we call at Accra the port and thence make our way inland to kumasi the capital this region now belongs to the british and there are many english companies trading and mining in it there is a railroad from Accra to kumasi and roads are being built through some parts of the country we take interpreters at Accra and travel here and there studying the land and the people the country is beautiful there are hills and valleys and great plains there are vast forests bound together with vines in which are enormous baobab trees with white blossoms and a fruit the size of a muskmelon from which a drink somewhat like lemonade is made there are also bamboo and fern trees and we find bananas pineapples and other fruits for sale ashanti is thickly peopled by negroes there are many villages of mud houses thatched with palm leaves or straw some of the villages have mud walls about them and some are composed of a large number of yards or compounds inside which the houses are built sometimes there will be several houses in one compound some devoted to the slaves or servants some to the storehouses and others to the owner and his wives such a compound may be the home of one rich man the poor man will often have only one mud hut for his whole family kumasi is the old capital it is quite a large place 
surrounded by mud walls and divided up by many streets which have been worn into ruts by the bare feet of the people we visit the market-place where hundreds are buying and selling making a great noise as they haggle over the prices they are mostly women and girls some quite well clad and others having only a cloth about their bodies fastened tightly under the arms and falling to the feet some have babies astride the hip and others have babies slung to their backs the wares are fruits yams meat fowls and bright cotton cloths over there women are selling fuel medicine and hardware others have pipes and tobacco here is a girl with musical instruments and there an old woman who has a lot of quacking ducks for sale in other places they are selling jewelry of ivory and gold bright colored native cloths and tools and swords of iron or steel here and there through the markets are guards blowing trumpets warning the people to keep order and making more noise than all the rest there are many ashanti tribes some of which are almost savage in the past the king cut off the heads of his subjects at will and in kumasi one might often see a score of human heads hung upon poles stealing was punished by death and when the king died a large number of his wives and slaves were killed in order that he might have servants in the next world on our way back to Accra, we see flocks of gray parrots and other curious birds there are so many trees which seem to have coffee bags hanging to their branches we soon discover they are not bags at all but the nests of the golden oriole a beautiful bird which lays its eggs in the lower end of the nest entering it by a hole so placed that only something which flies can get into it this is to keep the monkeys which infest the trees of this region from stealing the eggs farther down the coast we skirt the german colony of togo which is densely populated by negroes and thence go on to dahomey which belongs to the french and is peopled by blacks in both countries there are many small farms the natives grow maize manioc yams and potatoes they have sheep goats and poultry and many small pigs there are rubber trees in the forests and also oil palms and dye woods the germans have planted coconuts along the coast and set out coffee plantations they have built some short railroads and are trying to develop their colony the french are also building railroads in dahomey and have put up many hundred miles of telegraph lines End of chapter 30